Welcome to the eighth episode of Sarvinak Podcast. I am Sarvin Sarveen, and today on this Monday morning, I'm having an amazing, incredible emerging artist from Vancouver, a creator, puppeteer, who's also fostering a new female work, which I'm so excited to talk to her about. We've got Hannah Pearson. Hi, Hannah. <laughs> Hi. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me on. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited to talk about all you do and all I've witnessed. Um, I've known Hannah. Um, well, we went to the same school, but different year, different term. But I feel like we've got so much closer in in the projects that we've worked on which has been one of a kind <laughs> how was that experience for you anna one of a kind yeah um, yeah i mean i feel like it's been a gift these years out of school i i'm mm. often thinking how did i get so lucky to have someone like deb you know rooting for me supporting me creating opportunities and I just feel so lucky to learn from her and everyone in the cast and about this form of storytelling and I get to connect more with artists like you and mm. she's such a community builder and totally yeah. I feel like because of her we've got so much closer and we've got to just like really get deep into our work and like especially with the work that we do for children's festival i feel like we really get to know each other in a way in a level that you can get to know other people because we we write about our stories from our childhood right absolutely and it's it's just wonderful to know you like to know you who is like in your you know 20s but like <laughs> you as a kid it's just get these little snapshots as everyone as their uh younger selves exactly and i feel like your younger self or the way you write you're very like descriptive and you use um you really like take me to the world that you're at where i'm like not familiar and i'm just like you make me really see that world with your words and stuff so i wonder like how do you do that oh <laughs> how do you have that gift of just like <laughs> taking you to your world and how's your yeah how's your writing process I mean I think so much of it is has has been learning been learning about this format of storytelling and um mm. you know um vulnerability is relatable and yeah I don't I didn't definitely didn't consider myself a writer mm. or working on one of a kind really but my process just getting my butt to sit in a chair and sit in front of the computer i suppose yeah totally and you've done such a great job of um for this one because we did you did one of a kind two times and this second time you're working on on script and on like editing and dramaturgy mm -hmm. and um yeah like you're a great like yeah script supervisor <laughs> and like yeah do you like it or how's that experience for you? I actually have discovered that editing is really satisfying and um 
yeah, I love I, I loved getting to go over everyone's stories and um, hmm. yeah, really, really enjoyed that process. That's awesome. Yeah. And also, like, I feel like your writing is also like I see it for theater, but I also see it like for novels or something. Like, mm -hmm. I feel like it's something that I want to like, you know, have like an actual paper to read. <laughs> also, do you want to talk about maybe like the story that you're working on right now in one of a kind? And it's so cool. You guys all got to see it. Like it's in this like shadow of projections. How are you inspired yeah. to tell that and tell it in that way? I mean, I think, yeah, definitely like this one of a kind, I started as I was just going to be the assistant director, but mm -hmm. then ended up writing a story and performing as well. Um, uh, yeah, I wrote a story about a trip across Canada and um, I've just always wanted to try shadow puppetry and was able to find um, uh, one of those old school projectors. Thank you, Theo Bell, for hmm. lending that to me. Um, and I feel like with Wendy and Deb, I got to discover this whole new little uh, art form, at least new to me, of shadow puppetry. And it was, yeah. Really, yeah, it was really satisfying and really fun to work on. Yeah, you really like try new things, new ways of, because I feel like your story from like the first one of a kind, the the two years, was it two years ago? I think 2019, yeah. I felt like it was, um, it was like, it was more like physical theater. Like we did those, like, remember those socks, those fish? Oh, yes. Oh, the it fish was so puppet. awesome. I was watching it actually the other day and I was like, that was so fun to just make, yeah, fish um, puppets. <laughs> And then they and all died. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and they were all so beautiful. We made like all these colorful and bright like socks into fish. And that was just that process. Just crafting was already art. Mm -hmm. And just like telling your story was just, yeah, I feel like your stories was like more like physical theater and um, also the paper. Oh, my God. That was a beautiful story, too when you stole paper <laughs> yeah when i was a child thief <laughs> you were a paper thief i love that um see that's what i loved about yeah exactly storytelling is just like you gotta be so vulnerable you gotta like share so much of your your you know a part that you don't want to share right and then you share you're like yeah like you kind of are proud of it now but like back then you would probably be embarrassed and you didn't want your mom to find out or something right but now it's just funny it's just funny that things that we think are like oh my god they're the bad things are just funny now yeah as we don't want to hear stories about people being heroes we want to hear the stories about people being assholes because it's it's relatable exactly and that's the totally the storytelling thing that we both love and we both love making yeah but then but then yeah with the whole shadow puppets i feel like you just took another route i feel like yeah like you were more into like physical theater but now i felt like it was such a new work i'm so excited to see it and all okay tell me about all you cropping all those things oh god how was well, that not, process for you i'm not much of a visual artist like i can't i can barely draw 
a stick person it feels like but um <laughs> so i i did print a lot of those images and then it was just you know every night cutting out all the little pieces of paper my sister's a teacher and i i said to her one night i was like why don't you do like a cutting class tomorrow in school and everyone can cut out a couple pieces she wasn't, she wasn't down but and then you ended up doing all of them there yeah. were so many oh my god that day of your shooting i was like oh my goodness it was it was just so fun because you just you were really organized too you put all these like care each scene in one ziploc and i was like whoa it's just it was so interesting to tell a story in that way well, it's fun to do it with you the day of because I'd just been mostly doing it alone or on Zoom with right. like, Wendy. So like it felt like a teamwork, right? Like, it's yeah. like even though you did most of it, I felt like, I don't know, just having people there and be like, oh, now we're this story. Like, yeah. How's that? How's that process for you? Like doing theater versus like something like that that we did in one of a kind, like just filming the whole thing. I mean, it's totally new for me. Yeah, me I too. think, uh, and lots of theater people this year, this shift that we've had to make and mm -hmm. adapting. I mean, we're good. You know, that's our job is to adapt to the world around us. It's been, yeah, mm -hmm. I just feel like, again, it's just new learning, learning a ton. Totally. It's like this hybrid work. It's like, it's not film film, but it's not theater theater either. It's like yeah. mix of both. In a way, I kind of like it because like we're just mixing the good things of both into one and making just new work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Speaking of making new work and new <laughs> female work, I really want to talk to you about Cleo. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, so Cleo, yeah, tell me how it started. What is Cleo? I would love to know. So Julia Munch and I, uh, in our second year of studio, we decided to put our name in the Montreal Fringe draw. I guess that was 2018. And we didn't even have a show, which is ridiculous to me looking back at my younger artist self. Um, <laughs> but then we got picked. So we were like, fuck, we got to make something. Uh, and this is while we were in school full time. Wow. Uh, but we, yeah, we were largely inspired by this artist named Sophia Wallace. She's an artist known for creating the clitoracy movement, um, which is, yeah, basically based on the understanding that uh, the clitoris is fundamental to the female orgasm. And mm -hmm. we didn't know the full anatomy of the clitoris, what it looked like. Um, but then when we saw it, I, I immediately saw the puppet and I saw her personality and Cleo, yeah, she came out of our own questions and frustrations as sexually active young women in the world. And mm -hmm. Julia, you know, has the queer perspective. I have the more heterosexual perspective. But um, yeah, the orgasm gap, I mean, in heterosexual relationships, women on average are having fewer orgasms than men. And not to blame men at all, They men have their whole own sets of hurts and that's a whole other show but yeah um for me it was inspired by this sort of question and paradox of why do we constantly see these sexualized images of female bodies and but why are so many women not experiencing the pleasure they are capable of and mm. it, yeah it's, it's just 
also a celebration of this amazing organ that is the only organ in the human body solely responsible for pleasure. Wow. Yeah. See, I had no idea like how it even looked like either. And I watched you, you two doing it for P-Lab, which is like a performance lab at our school. And I was like, what the hell? <laughs> like, a I little just, alien. Like, yeah. I'm like, what did you learn about clitoris? Because I want to know. <laughs> oh, so, so much. So many nerve endings. Um, hmm. We decided to name Cleo Cleo because it's actually... Um, Cleo is derived from a Greek word that means fame and glory. So we're just trying to, mm. uh, yeah, celebrate this organ that has been, we learned a lot about the history of how it's been erased and hidden and sometimes like quite literally cut out. Yeah, how it's um, been such a taboo in some like cultures. Mm -hmm. um, like you that you've like been born and raised like in North America, like how was your, I guess, yeah, how was your experience? Like, did they talk about these things in school? Like, briefly, the clitoris was mentioned in sex ed, but um, right, people certainly weren't talking about female masturbation. <laughs> oh, for sure, yeah. 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 And um, yeah, and I'm just like, why is it something that it's uncomfortable to talk about? You know, even right now, I'm just like, <laughs> You know, <laughs> but that's the thing. I just want to keep talking about these things to just like to just normalize it, that it's OK. Like exactly like you said, it's about celebrating and that it's like it's it's part of our body. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Right? So what were the stories that you all made with this Cleo puppet? Yeah, some I guess some examples of sketch bits in Cleo, we we recently got a small grant to film some of the stronger parts of Cleo. Oh, nice. One is like, Maddie, have you met Maddie, Julia's partner? Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, she does this bit in the show because she ended up being our stage manager. Oh, lovely. Um, where we got her to perform as well. Um, she's from Australia and she does this sort of Steve Irwin, like, thick Australian accent um, <laughs> down under a bit where she goes and uh, meets a vulva and a clitoris and is, a, yeah, is um, talking about these two creatures that she meets down under. Um, <laughs> and we have a bit which is uh, clitoracy through the ages. Um, mm. And it's all the different men who claimed to discover the clitoris as if there hadn't been women discovering the clitoris long before them. Damn. Um, but we we want to do that with dildos, like a little, a little mini puppet theater. Oh. Have, like them wearing a monocle and togas. And, um, oh my God. And then one of our bits in the show is Cleo goes on a date with a hand and it's going really well until it isn't. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yeah, I just find myself like also like laughing too whenever I watched it at P Lab. Um, it's just such a, I don't know, such like an educational piece, but also like just funny and like, like, yeah, and uncomfortable and a good uncomfortable, you know, and uncomfortable that it's just like, oh my God, it's so personal. It's so here and I relate to it, which again, 
back to being yeah personal make it personal so it's like yeah. universal i hope it's one of those shows that we we always have ideas for and it's sort of a show that keeps on giving and i i hope we will be making a show about our clitorises until we're grannies kind of thing that But is also, yes i look back and i i think there's so much we can improve and so much we can work on and so much we've learned from doing it a couple times um right just wanting to grow and make it better but how was it like doing it for an audience like how was the reaction of the audience and yeah and you as a like puppeteer like how did you feel i mean in montreal it was kind of crazy we ended up getting nominated for like top 10 to see in fringe and that's and amazing all shows and um even got like nominated for an award which was crazy for us who just kind of put together this show but um i think julie and i are really good partners in the way where i i would probably hold on to my work until forever and never show <laughs> anyone and um she we balance each other out because i can be yeah really critical i guess and always wanting you know self-conscious um and she really mm -hmm. reminds me like it's good let's put it out there it's ready oh that's amazing that you all balance each other because you know even you like i feel like you just have a great eye for details and you want everything to you know be specific and you want everything to um look good <laughs> and then yeah that's awesome that you two just like make it happen mm -hmm. and we've that's learned amazing. a lot like um working together uh over the years you know we've mm -hmm. we're learning about how to get better at creating together Right. And it's been a, it's been a journey and we're still learning. Um but mm -hmm. yeah, one of the best things I feel like about Julie and I is like we allow we are, allow ourselves to make mistakes and we um we don't like leave when it gets hard and um our latest thing is just we often disagree, which is not a bad thing. I think it's a good thing, but mm -hmm. we're trying to figure out how can we disagree in a more fun way because mm. It's not like we're getting paid. <laughs> we might as well be having fun. Have fun. That's that's so interesting. Yeah, because you want all the voices to be there, to be included. But at the same time, you want, you just, yeah, you want your voice to be heard, but also you want the other person's voice to be heard. But also like, yeah, exactly. Like, how do you disagree in a fun way? Mm -hmm. um, I think a lot of it is just about like listening, for me at least. Totally. I feel like every time I, I guess, put myself in the other person's shoes and I'm just like, oh, okay, maybe we'll just try this way. And if it doesn't work, then we'll try another way. I feel like there are just so many ways to try it. Yes. That sometimes, at least for me, I'm just like, get stuck in my, like in my voice or in my vision. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Um, which I feel like working with other people allows us to just um to still have our because that's the thing it's hard to balance it it's hard to like have your opinion and have your vision but also um listen to other person's vision <laughs> that's i think that's the art that's the art of um theater making i think oh yeah collective creation collaboration 
relationships. Yeah. Yep. What were the mistakes that you feel like, if you feel like talking about it, that you feel like you would, you, you wouldn't do it again or, or if you had any great things that you actually learned by just trying it? I mean, when I look back, if I'm just talking about some of my own work, for example, in the last show, mm -hmm. I think I, I tell a story and I think it's, um, when I look back now, I'm like, I was preaching and teaching instead of being really specific. And, and I could have been more specific with my story instead of like trying to, you never want to be trying to educate the audience, you know? Yeah. Um, even though, yes, our show actually was both entertaining and educational, but I would rewrite my story. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How do you do that? Like that's, I think it's still a, um, yeah, struggle for me. Cause I, I feel like sometimes I'm like over explaining or teaching too, which I don't want to, cause I feel like, yeah. But I think art is just, it's just telling it. Um, but then, yeah, it's hard. How do you make sure a story is clear by not teaching? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's why you have people in your circle to read your work, to edit your work. Yeah. I often look for outside feedback so I yeah. can change myself. Totally, totally. And what were the moments that you were like, oh my God, we did it. I love this. Like just um, celebratory moments of like, whether it was a moment in the show or moment in the creating it. I think it's when we, whenever, you know, when we, we working on the puppetry together and devising the puppetry when both, I mean, Julie and I are both like hunched over manipulating this puppet together. So we have to, work is one mind um but when we both when the, the moments when we really discover Cleo's inner life and we could see her personality shining through that that was really fun hmm. that is so true I totally forgot that like when two people are manipulating a puppet then you become this one person mm -hmm. right like you gotta like be you gotta be listening to each other so much How's that experience? Can you tell people who actually maybe haven't done puppet work? Like, how do you, yeah. <laughs> it's really hard. It's it really is, hard. right? It requires a, a lot of focus and patience and mm -hmm. reviewing and going over things a million times. Um, Who's holding what? Do you, do you remember? I'm, a, I'm on a leg uh -huh. and a, a hand and Julia's on a head and an arm. But our, our feet are attached to Cleo's feet as well. That's cool. Having the puppet breathe, every little movement, the mm -hmm. range of motion, all that stuff. Damn, that that's hard. That's so hard. And you're all doing it, which is amazing. It's so inspiring. When I look back to Julie and I, you know, being in Montreal, trying to whip together a show I, I can't believe we did it without a director because how the heck we couldn't even see ourselves, you know? Right. Yeah. How it you, was, the puppet and, was looking. And do you look at the puppet or do you look at the audience tell the story? Or how's that? Oh, we're always looking at the puppet. Right, right. When and is there like a voiceover and stuff? No, Cleo doesn't speak. Cleo, Cleo doesn't sound. 
damn that's that's like that's literally art <laughs> to tell a story with no like words but just actions <laughs> how's that like how do you do you like write it down or is it just all like how's the rehearsal process i guess yeah i think we we write the script in terms of the actions that are happening mm -hmm. um we only yeah um how do we do it no it just never cleo it just felt very natural for her to not to be a silent puppet and we had a lot of music but yeah it was it was just focused it was really physical very physical yeah and yeah totally you're a very physical theater artist <laughs> i love that you also what i also love about um whenever you like tell a story like you use sounds with your mouth like you just it's just so fun do you want to show us some sounds <laughs> my sound effects oh, your sound okay. effects i'm like it's incredible okay i got the water drop um i have a the bird call that is incredible yeah, oh my god i have I can't see you right now, so I'm like, I'm, I'm like, no, this is not you. <laughs> but I know it's you because I've seen you doing it in person. <laughs> it's incredible. Because I feel like, I don't know, people who even do beatboxes, you do beatboxes too, and I feel like it's just, I don't know, they try it. They try everything. Yeah, and I feel I like you're, you're someone Probably who just tries it. Mostly just bugging and irritating people <laughs> with noise. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> I love that. Um, I also wanted to talk a little about that co-counseling group that I was like, wow, the music changed as I'm <laughs> shifting to the next thing. Um, yeah, I mean, God, I get hesitant. I don't talk to people about co-counseling very much. Um, yeah just because i just have to say like any big organization it's imperfect and flawed and i felt critical of it myself and i've come and gone but um mm -hmm. yeah like like anything like therapy mindfulness um, meditation it's a tool for me and i use it like a tool yeah basically rc for me <laughs> is you know the feeling when you just need to have a good cry and then you feel lighter yeah that's basically it um and sometimes you know i don't always want to put that on my partner or my friends or whatever and mm -hmm. it's, um you know learning again learning how to listen and um there's also there there is also like an activism component to it white allies group and you know, we work on our whiteness. We're not burdening the BIPOC community. And um, us whiteies have so much to work on. And um, we need to do that in a way that we are not um, traumatizing people of the global majority, you know? So hmm. it's, um, we have a lot to work on. I can't say to stress that enough. That is incredible that 
like you're just doing it you know you're in these groups and that's the thing too it's to know that like we're not alone like you said that it's like i'm not the only one that doesn't know or i'm not the only one that feel like this you know mm. and that's why i love these groups um they sound they sound incredible um yeah it's, just, it's, yeah oh sorry no go ahead oh yeah just i mean like being a young adult in the world and trying to figure out your life and hard things coming up it's it's nice to connect with other young adults who are also going through the same things totally because i feel like sometimes i feel like i'm living this like individual life right now <laughs> but i think it's just i don't know how it started i feel like we used to live in a community but now i feel like as i mean especially in covid time i feel like we're all becoming so um yeah so isolated and also technology <laughs> um but i feel like we just at least for me i need to go back to just go to spaces where yeah like you said that i yeah don't feel that i'm the only one or i feel seen and heard i think that's like the main thing <laughs> and i feel like it's again like you said it's about um that's what i've been learning lately that it's about choosing the right people to be in your that space for you to be heard and understood you know it's really choosing um like you said you don't want to like sometimes you want a good cry but you don't like at least for me i don't want to like you know put my pressure or stress on like family or on you know on like uh, co-workers but like what if i find that support group who can just who can just take it you know that it's like a mutual relationship right mm -hmm. you give and you receive in a way mm -hmm. i'm just bobbing with this music <laughs> yeah. i'm like damn i, I need a good cry now <laughs> yeah just scream into a pillow so i'm here for it because <laughs> well, sometimes i feel like you need that too because like i feel like with counseling you feel like oh this professional knows and like i need i mean that's good too like i get advice from that person but sometimes like you said you just want to feel that you're not the only one mm -hmm. and i feel like that group would do that i'm just yeah. interested and i want to take it <laughs> i feel like it would just help us all you know help us all to just deal with our emotions and yeah I found it really good because like talking about climate change and the you know the, the I mean the hopelessness feeling that comes up sometimes when mm. at least I feel think about climate change and you know hopelessness isn't the most productive feeling so yeah yeah we, yeah, we talk about stuff like that and um that's and, amazing yeah I get empowered to feel like that it is possible Hmm. Do you always do you I, sometimes I feel like that. I don't know if I'm the only one, but sometimes I feel like just these political stuff, I don't know, like sexism, racism, just environmental issues. All these exactly. Sometimes I feel like they're just never ending and I feel like I care so much, but at the same time it's exhausting. <laughs> it's yes. exhausting to um 
think about it that way. Like recently, I've been thinking a lot of like how much people around me, like I see patriarchy in them. <laughs> and it's just, it just breaks my heart because they can't see it, but I can see it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I'm just wondering how, whether you know or whether how we, yeah, how do we don't <laughs> spend too much on that, but also... Because when I don't, I'm like, oh my God, I'm so careless. But it's not about that, you know? Oh, you mean like not being, getting weighed down by it and not... Yeah, um, like you said, like hopelessness. Because sometimes I get that feeling of like, oh my God, things suck right now. (laughs) Um, But at the same time, like you said, it's not really productive to feel, not productive, but it's I don't know. Sometimes it's helpful to just complain, but for me, I always want solutions. You know, it's like yeah. we don't. N- nobody has the answer, no. and that's the um, scary. But at the same time, it's like okay, we don't know the answer. Let's figure it out together. And yeah, I feel like yeah, work on work on our despair and all the things that all the things that block us from getting active and getting involved and. And I feel like you're really good at um, just sharing a space with everyone, even like during like one of a kind processes or just like in general, I feel like you're just amazing in that of just making a space for other people, which has been lovely to witness because I'm like, oh my God, like you just inspired me to also like not take too much space. (laughs) (laughs) it's you know it's just this balance of both of like Mm -hmm. of yeah do you remember what Dave DeVoe said it was really incredible the whole trampoline thing yeah absolutely I've been thinking about it nonstop. and was it um who wrote the play certified Jen yes yes yeah would first said it Mm -hmm. yeah oh yeah she said it to Dave right 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 yeah so it was about do you want to say it do you oh, remember yeah just um it was a, a metaphor for i mean lots of things that are happening in the world right now but i think dave was specifically talking about theater and how i don't know if he had heard from pete someone or something i can't remember the exact story um where mm-hmm. you know cis white man was like well I'm just out you know like there's no room for me in the theater community anymore mm-hmm. whatever um but was that yes. okay you've had a lot of time bouncing on the trampoline you've been in the center bouncing we're not bouncing you off it's just trying time to give another person a turn that was just beautiful and it was about like everyone like still standing like yeah. around the trampoline and only one person at a time is allowed to bounce right and then we're all still here we're not like bye bye <laughs> like we're all here to um support and to witness and to watch and then the person's turn is over and the next person goes and it's just it was it's such a beautiful metaphor because mm-hmm. it's a whole thing about cancel culture that i'm just like no (laughs) why are we canceling people um um like we all got to do it together absolutely and um yeah just making a space for someone else and then just taking a turn 
<laughs> it's yeah, easy to say it, but I'm in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> Fair share of time bouncing in the middle. It's just beautiful, right? Beautiful mm -hmm. metaphor. And I, I just want to, I feel like, um, yeah, we can do this, Hannah. We can make it happen. <laughs> it's beautiful. <laughs> I would love to know just a little bit about your upbringing. Sure. Like your yeah. childhood and because I hear all these things of like you just moving to places yeah. on a road trip. <laughs> I mean, again, again, I'm just going to say like I I am a cisgendered, able-bodied, mostly straight, middle-class whitey. So I grew up with a lot of privilege. Um, I was born in Ontario. Um but spent a lot of summers coming to Salt Spring Island in BC. And then my parents eventually moved us to BC. Um, we, yeah, I have two very warm and supportive parents. Um, hmm. they, I have a really big family. Uh, both my parents have four siblings and multiple step siblings. So I have like 20 aunts and uncles, 14 Oh my cousins. God. It's a lot of fun. I, I'm close <laughs> with my brother and sister. Um, when we moved to BC, my parents bought this piece of land with a hundred year old farmhouse on it. Um, the realtor didn't even list the farmhouse as included in any value with the listing because nobody had lived in it for over a decade and it had been taken over by birds. And we found like <laughs> 12 cat skeletons in the foundation, but, um, my dad and my mom, they, they restored it. And then we moved in and then we, we ended up having a bad house fire and then they restored it again. So that was a, that's a whole other story, but yeah, I grew up with chickens and ducks and lots of land and we had a horse for a while. So, um, Salt Spring is, was a really beautiful place to grow up. Oh, that's so beautiful. <laughs> I want to go there. I've never been there actually. It sounds so dreamy and beautiful. After the pandemic, you can we can do I a know. trip. <laughs> Let's do it. Oh, would that be the first place we'd go after COVID, or somewhere else? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You miss yeah. home. I yeah, I I miss my parents for sure. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh my God, this freaking pandemic. If when it's yeah. over. <laughs> We can do all these beautiful things. Oh, it's real crazy. Everyone will be making out with everyone. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> there will be orgy parties every, every weekend. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. Mm -hmm. Anywho, thanks so much, Hannah, for... Thanks, I'm just, I'm just so inspired. Okay. Oh, my God. Absolutely. It's just amazing to, um, to know you to know you and to just work with you. And yeah, you always bring this very generous um, spirit in you, you know, like you, yeah, like feel comfortable talking to you and yeah, we need more people like you, Hannah. <laughs> well, I'm just, I'm just so grateful I've gotten to get closer to you mm -hmm. in one of a kind, like especially this one of a kind. And I just want to make stuff with you and Keep we will go for beers sometime. <laughs> Hell yeah. We're going to empower each other. That's for sure. Let us know where we can find you or whether 
like your future projects or Ooh. whether you're on social media or also your website for if you have a website or no for yeah we have one of those like what is it called wix sites for oh yeah therapy, just um but yeah i'm on i'm on the facebook not instagram but um we have a puppets not patriarchy instagram account at puppets not patriarchy oh i love that yeah i'll put the link down too so people <laughs> could check it out you do amazing work thank you darling thank you servant thanks i'll for having see you me. soon of yeah. course love you my friend thank you bye